0: Welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. My name is Phineas and this is my mama's podcast and, and here she is. Happy Thursday everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Nine Months Podcast. Today I will be talking to Tessa and Tessa is a mental health specified midwife. In the UK, and she'll be sharing the birth of her little boy with us today. And um, we discuss a lot about this—the um, importance of of um, seeking out help and and acknowledging that it it's sometimes a very difficult journey going through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, and and asking for help and and reaching out if we need it. And um, Tessa will be sharing her personal journey with that as well. I really enjoyed talking to Tessa. She has a little bit of an insider as a midwife. So that's a really nice angle on this story. So I hope you guys enjoy. Here is Tessa. Welcome Tessa to the nine months podcast. It's nice to have you here today. Thank you so much for having
1: me. Thank you.
0: Um, would you like to introduce yourself and, um, and your family and where in the world you're at and, and all of the things about you? Of
1: course. Um, so, yeah, my name's Tessa. I'm, uh, I'm based in the UK. I live just outside of London in Surrey. Um, I'm a NHS specialist midwife um, and I specialize in maternal mental health. Um, I work at a big hospital in South West London and I've worked there for about um, 12 years now. Um, I've been a midwife, um, well, I started my training in 2006, so I've been a midwife for a little while now. Um, And yeah, I've got a little boy who is called Rupert, but we call him Rue for short. And uh, he's eight months old. and we moved, yeah. When I was quite heavily pregnant, we moved from London out to Surrey, um, and then we we had him. And yeah, life's been been very different. <laughs> it's been a big change. Um, and I'm obviously on maternity leave at the moment, so I'm not not practicing um, as a midwife currently. But I um, I'm planning to go back in the autumn. Um, I'm just in the process of of sort of balancing that all out, um, and I've also, as as you've probably seen, I've I've been running a sort of support uh, page on Instagram um, to try and raise awareness of of maternal mental health, and that's something I've been working on quite a bit since I've been on on maternity leave, although. It's getting harder and harder as rue gets bigger and bigger because he's uh, yeah. needing, <laughs> needing more and more of my attention of course and that's the most important thing but uh um yeah it seems to be it seems to be going well um and that's a little bit a little bit about me in a in a nutshell
0: oh great that's great it'll be interesting to hear how your um how your uh, goodness I'm losing my word your um career or your yeah. um your work, I would say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> will play into your birth story. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with your journey to becoming pregnant then. Did you guys plan to have a baby and how did you find out that you were pregnant?
1: Yeah, we, um, we got married in, in November 2019. Um, and the plan for, for my husband and I was always to have children, but we weren't, we weren't really sure when that was going to happen. But we both knew that that was something that we wanted to do. Um, I'm in my early thirties, he's in his late thirties. Um, so we had, we, we had, we've got time on our side, so we weren't in a, in a mad rush, um, at all. But then, um, as time goes on people start to ask questions don't they you know when are you going to have children that's always the thing after you after you get mm-hmm. married or if you've been with someone for a certain amount of time um or if you reach a certain age <laughs> um so we went on honeymoon um in february 2020 so this is when coronavirus was a was a rumor it wasn't really uh, something that was happening in europe at that time um and uh, we went off on honeymoon obviously we were very lucky to be able to do that we we went away just in time um and we had a conversation when we were on honeymoon about you know shall we shall we not you know is it time or should we wait and in my head I think I work with lots of people well I I know lots of people I also work with lots of people that have had many um difficulties in 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 conceiving and and, and having children and um, and as we all know it's a very common thing you know lots of people one in it's one in four or one in six couples will always have um issues on their on their fertility journey or, or it won't be straightforward and for some reason I don't know whether it's because I work in that field of people having babies I was convinced that that was going to be me or that was or it would be a bumpy road so my thought process was well, let's just not not try um, and see see what happens. And I, I just thought in my head it was gonna yeah take some time and um, yeah it was it wasn't something that was gonna happen straight away. Um, so halfway through or towards the end of our honeymoon, we um, I remember we we were lying on these sun lounges and <laughs> we saw. Um, this this young family sort of not not too far um, from us, and you know they they looked happy and they were all playing together. Um, but suddenly one of the um, one of the children who must have been about two had a had a raging tantrum, like a really loud one. And then the uh, and the the parents just looked really <laughs> uh, you know they looked really tired, and they were they were just like finding it all quite relentless. And and my husband and I looked at each other and we thought well maybe maybe we'll put it off or maybe maybe we'll put the brakes on (laughs) on this uh, you know maybe this is something we're not we're not quite sure we want just yet um so I came came back from honeymoon in in early March and um this is when I I remember turning on my phone when we landed and 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 coronavirus was was definitely a thing and and there was the UK going into lockdown and, and things like that I went back to work and met up with my friends and nothing had, had started to be locked down at that point. Um, but my my period was due just uh, a couple of days after I, uh, we, we came back and um, it didn't come. <laughs> so the day that I was expecting it, I was like, why is it not come? Because my, my periods are usually like clockwork. And I thought, well, that's strange. I didn't feel any of the, th- things i usually feel you know before i start my period so i thought well surely not Uh, i went back to work and it was playing on my mind the first day i went back to work i just thought you know i was only a day late at this stage but i just thought this is really bizarre so long long story short i did a test and and it was positive (laughs) and uh, i just couldn't believe it um and i mentioned this um in another podcast i did um a little while ago um and it surprises quite a lot of people when i say this but actually when i saw those two lines on the um stick i thought to myself that's that's this seems really unfair and what i mean by that is this is so unfair for all those people that have been trying and are trying to have children and are having such difficulty why has it been so easy for me you know that's and and I think a big part of that was um one of my best friends is has been trying for a baby for for many for for a long time for quite a few years now and my first thought was obviously I'm very happy that I'm pregnant because this is something that we want but part of me you know as it was so easy for me I feel like I want to give this pregnancy to her and then I can try again (laughs) next month you know that was my sort of thought process so I yeah. And and that's a bit of a shame because I, I look back and I think, oh, it's a shame that I wasn't more excited. I think I just wasn't allowing myself to get too excited um, about it. Um, so I was so early when I found out, as I say, I was only a day late with my period. So um, I soon learned that that first trimester is extremely long and um, it gave me a lot of time to think and and worry about things and and we went into lockdown not long after um this happened so so time time slowed down massively um and then my midwife brain sort of kicked in and I thought was thinking about all the things that that could potentially happen and wanting to to, to know um, you know as early as possible if there was going to be any issues because I think I was just in a little bit of denial that I was actually pregnant and that this was actually happening and um, so I contacted my local early pregnancy unit to see you know when would be the earliest time I could have a scan just to see you know because I was having things going through my mind like ectopic pregnancy or you know all those sorts of things and I was very nervous about um, mm. miscarrying as well. So um, they got back to me and said, you know, we can, we could scan you at seven weeks. We, we can't really do it any earlier than that because it's not going to really tell us anything. And that was, that was three weeks away. <laughs> so three weeks is such a long time. Um, you know, uh, in, in usual circumstances, it's not a long time. But when you're, you know, when you're anxious, um, it's, it is a very long time. Yeah. Um so yeah I went along to the scan and um when when I went in there she sort of said oh um I can see your pregnancy. I remember her saying the word pregnancy and not baby. I thought that was quite interesting. So I can see your pregnancy. Um and um I'm I'm sorry to say that there is a heartbeat but it's very slow um so you need to come back in a week but um prepare for, prepare for the worst basically um and by that point i had a really well in my i it in my mind it wasn't just dis- disproportionate but anyone uh, anyone who's listening to this or any story you know if i tell this story to someone else or if someone else is telling me this story i would think you know, why, why would you react like that? It, it, you're only seven weeks pregnant. But I think when you find out you're pregnant, you, you start to project your life, don't you? And you start to think about um your life with the baby. Yeah. And as I say, three weeks is a long time. So three weeks of thinking that I was going to be having a baby and there's was going to be this new person in my, in my life and thinking about whether it's boy or a girl, what it's going to look like, you know, what are we going to Call him or her. You know, you think about all these things, and it was occupying my mind. You know, twenty-four-seven, and then to be told that potentially it might not happen, it felt like everything. You know, crashed down, and I, I was really, really upset. And and my husband is really supportive, but he couldn't quite get his head around why I was so upset because in his mind, you know, things were really early, which is true. But yeah, I, I don't know it's really opened my eyes to, to the first going through this whole process has really opened my eyes in, in many ways, but the first trimester, I think I definitely have another layer of empathy for, for, for women in the first trimester because it's such an anxiety inducing time. Um, and yeah, there's just more to it than just being, you know, in early pregnancy. There's, there's so much more. Um, yeah absolutely i then so that a week went by and it was it was the longest week ever um and again we were in lockdown and i wasn't telling anyone that i was pregnant because i wasn't seeing anybody and i thought well i don't really want to tell people over text or on the phone or, or whatever i'd rather wait till <clears throat> things were back to normal <laughs> which obviously didn't happen for some time but um <laughs> yeah um, I yeah, I didn't want to sort of tell people in that way and um so I waited and waited and I was furiously Googling things to try and find out what this slow heart rate at seven weeks meant and you know, is it true? Is is it is the worst outcome gonna happen? And I was basically doing all the things that I tell women in my clinic not to do. <laughs> so go yeah, going on Google and trying to find answers to something, um, trying to find um you know trying to find what I wanted to find so trying to find good news rather than bad news um as we all know Google doesn't really give us good news for anything does it (laughs) um so um I then also started to feel a bit sick a bit nauseous and I thought oh this is probably just my body playing a cruel trick on me um you know I'm probably you know it's probably the worst thing has happened and i was dreading going back for the scan and and, and for her to tell me the worst but i went back and, and had the scan and she said oh um i'm happy to tell you that the heart rate's really fast and and the and the pregnancy's you know tripled in size so things are looking good <laughs> so i was like oh my goodness so i think i just had that scan just that bit too early because probably what happened was heartbeat would have maybe started that day or or the day before so it would have been quite slow and as it gets grows and gets bigger it 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 speeds up so um i obviously was just too hasty (laughs) for my own good um and yeah uh that first trimester was was really tough because um i felt really really nauseous um the whole time from from week seven to sort of week 14 and 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 I had I had it no way near as bad as as other women have had you know I actually wasn't sick at all but it was just the constant feeling of wanting to be sick and so desperately wanting to be sick but but wasn't a weren't able to wasn't able to um um and I also had some some bleeding as well which was was really um worrying but thankfully that that was all okay but yeah as I say that that first trimester was um it really really opened my eyes and I think um it was the beginning of me continuing continuing quite a anxious pregnancy um I obviously in my line of work I see many many women with a range of different mental health needs but probably the most common thing I see in pregnancy is anxiety um mm. and we know it's really really common uh, you know anxiety and depression is about one in uh, one in four um so it's, it's pretty high um and it's the most common thing that can happen in pregnancy but I think I was in denial I think I thought well it's it's not you know I work this is my line of work and I look after people that are going through this but I'm not going through this myself even though I know on reflection now I definitely was um but I wasn't taking my own advice I think I was just trying desperately to get through the pregnancy and and sort of you know I got to 12 weeks which which was a big hurdle um had the had my 12 week scan which thankfully came back all okay and then I thought well I just need to get 16 weeks, then I'll be okay. Got to 16 weeks. Was then anxious about 20 weeks. Got to 20 weeks. I thought, no, I'll just get to 24 mm. weeks. And I just kept on pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, and just predicting the worst all, all the time, um, which, you know, is exhausting. And on reflection is such, such a shame because I had a very um, straightforward pregnancy and I feel... I feel sad that i didn't enjoy it as much as I could have um but you know you can't change the past <laughs> um,
0: do you do you think that this is that you were experiencing it that way just because you have you're sitting on all the knowledge is
1: I that think so yeah, I think so because um, I think it can happen in two different ways can't it You can either experience the anxiety because you know too much or you can experience it because you know too little <laughs> i think i yeah. I think I sit in the um in the part of knowing too much so i was just predicting all of these um all of these things strangely i i wasn't feeling anxious about the birth which was very unusual because usually that would be (laughs) a big a big thing to be worrying about and and in my line of work you know i've seen i've seen it all um Mm. and actually as part of my role i see lots of um mothers who have had perhaps a previous negative birth experience or a challenge or or trauma um to do with their childbirth so I'm exposed to that quite a lot so you'd think that that would feed into my anxiety of, of giving birth to the baby but for some reason I was totally feeling okay about the birth it was just getting through the pregnancy I found such a challenge Um, so
0: did you spend any time thinking about of course but thinking about what kind of birth you wanted or what you were planning for
1: so I knew that I wanted to be at the hospital where I work um because I've been there for so many years I you know I know the people there I know the environment so I knew that that was going to be a safe place for me um and I guess if part of my probably my only anxiety around the birth was getting there so I was worried that something would maybe happen at home and that I wouldn't be able to get there in time because where where I live in in Surrey um, is it's not it's not a million miles away from from the hospital but you know in in rush hour or or during the day it could take anything up to sort of you know, two hours on a, on a bad run, um, which is a long long time if you're in labour yeah. in the car. <laughs> uh, whereas in the middle of m- middle of the night, it, it it can it could take sort of 30, 40 minutes. Um, mm. so um, I, I was worrying about that. So, yeah, getting there was was a big um, stress of mine. Um, but I knew if I got there, I'd feel safe and I'd feel looked after. Um. I'm trying to remember what the question was that you asked me now. And why <laughs> no, no, just what, kind, what kind of birth you were planning? Oh for. yes, sorry, Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm a big believer <laughs> in not having a, a a plan per se, but because um, mm. we know things don't always go to plan. But um, I do believe in you know having your your preferences. So you definitely mm. should should. Um, you you can't predict how things are going to happen, but I think it's good to think about all eventualities um, and how, uh, you know, what, what would, as a woman, what would make you feel uh, empowered, safe, listen to, you know, all those things that should happen in in any, any type of birth. Um, What are your preferences with that? And and I think everyone's different, aren't they? So um, Mm. down to, you know, one woman may think that being in a medicalised environment, um, she may feel that that's too intimidating and would counteract the sort of normal process of being in labour and having a baby, whereas another woman might find being in a medicalised environment quite containing and um, safe. So it's all dependent on what you feel safe in. And, And for me, I guess being in any environment as long as it was at my place of work <laughs> would feel <laughs> safe for me but i i guess you know i was very fortunate to have a, a straightforward pregnancy so the ball was very much in my court you know i could choose sort of whatever i wanted in terms of location and 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 sort of you know, if you're thinking about being on the birth center or being in, in, in the labor ward, you know, I, I had the luxury of, of being able to choose because, you know, I had a low risk pregnancy as we like to call it. Um, so I guess I had my, my intentions were to be on the birth center and try and have a sort of physiological, um, natural birth i know we're trying to steer away from that word natural birth aren't we but that you know a a, a birth center midwife led um approach um but i was also very open to medicalization or medical input if i if i needed it um so i wasn't going to try and um i know myself i know myself my whole life i've never been very good with pain so i always had it in my my mind that i would probably um have an epidural at some point during my my labor so i was open i was open to that but i was happy to give it a go um you know on on the birth center that was that was my my plan but i have to say i didn't really think about it so much cuz i was so occupied with um getting there and i remember mm-hmm. seeing seeing my midwife who was my my friend um she was saying, come on, what, what what's your plan? What are your preferences? What what do you want for the birth? And I didn't even really engage in conversation about it because I just really wasn't wasn't thinking about it. I think I was just thinking so much of, of just trying to get through the pregnancy and, and getting to the point where, where the baby was in my arms and anything in between, I just wasn't wanting to plan for. Um, it's strange, isn't it? But
0: yeah. yeah yeah and then going through the the last little bit of your pregnancy how was that did you did you just go through with the normal scans and the the standard testing or did you did you yeah
1: um I did um I did I did have a couple of extra scans just for my own peace of mind um uh and but yeah no I went other, other than that I went through the through the normal sort of Pathway that we have here, um, and it was really interesting. Once I got to about 37 38 weeks, and and went on maternity leave, I suddenly became really impatient, <laughs> which is so which is so unlike me. And obviously, I tell women in my clinic every day, you know, to be patient and and just you know wait. You know, the, the baby will, will let you know when when the time is right and all of that sort of stuff. But I remember hitting that gestation and thinking i'm feeling really uncomfortable about this i want to know (laughs) when it's going to (laughs) come how it's going to begin you know all that kind of stuff and i actually got quite stressed about it which um it's just so yeah so unlike me and yeah Mm. my i got to about 38 38 and a half weeks and um my my friend who's a who's a midwife um, sorry my my midwife who is my friend uh, said well you know you, you do an antenatal check anyway Um, it's not something we usually do, but would you like me to, to check things and just see if there's anything happening, you know, down there and Mm. see if, see if anything's imminent. And then you've got a bit of a, um, idea on, on, on timeframes. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Even though it's a bit invasive and not something I would usually, um, opt for that in my mind, it gave me, I guess, a bit of control back to the situation. this pregnant the pregnancy definitely realized I am a bit of a control freak (laughs) (laughs) probably sense um with my my train of thought but um so she so I went up there and she examined me and she said essentially you know this baby is nowhere near uh being you know you've got probably another week and things are not happening down there you know you can relax it's all fine um and she's, she'd been, she'd been doing acupuncture on me as well, which is great. And, um, she did some sort of nice, calming, relaxing acupuncture session on me. And then I went, I went home and, um, you know, had, had some lunch and, and I, I picked up the phone and, and caught up with a friend. And as I was on the phone, um, to my friend, I felt this big, um, gush of water <laughs> down below. <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness, what's that? <laughs> have I have have I have I wet myself like is that and I was my, my friend that I was talking to is actually a midwife herself and I said to Cass I think I think my waters are broken she was like oh my god like go go and sort yourself out and, and then text me you know don't you know let's let's terminate the conversation so I went up to my husband who's working from home and I said oh um I think I think my waters are broken and he was like no you've just been seen this morning and, and you've got he you said they got another week and I was like well I don't know and again and I was in in, in complete denial I ended up going to the local hospital just to have a quick check and, and for them to to just see um that I definitely had um broken my waters and in the end they didn't even they didn't even look they just said oh, you know how many pads have you soaked over the last two hours and I was like uh four <laughs> they were like mm-hmm. uh yeah you're, you're definitely definitely broken your, your waters are definitely broken but yeah, yeah I was still in in complete denial and then um yeah called my friend who was on on call for me and she said great just you know stay at home for as long as you can and it was a Friday afternoon at, at this point so we just had um me and my husband had dinner together and I had um, yeah had a shower and just got in my pajamas and watched sort of Friday night TV and and waited for things to to happen um uh yeah I, I don't know if you want me to go into the actual yeah, yeah what on. happened now whether you, any, <laughs> whether you had any whether you had questions yes. before um no go on <laughs> so uh so yeah I was bouncing on the ball down in the in the living room and Sniffing clary sage and uh doing doing all this stuff to try and get get things going, and I was having sort of irregular tightenings um but nothing nothing painful at all and um I went up to bed it was about about ten o'clock um so my waters are broken at two o'clock in the afternoon and and now it was sort of ten o'clock at night and went up to bed, and actually my husband slept on our pull out bed downstairs just because. I wanted some space in the bed, and and you know, just in case things started, I wanted to make sure he, he was he was rested um, if anything happened. So, literally, got into bed at ten o'clock, and as soon as I got into bed, I just got this really intense sensation in my um, lower back and in my hips, and I was like, "Oh, that's uh, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's quite sore," um, and then it started coming every sort of couple of minutes and i thought it's really quite it's really quite sore this must be this must be tightenings you know this is the beginning of of things happening and it was getting more and more intense so i started um started timing them on my on my phone i had had this app which was like a hypnobirthing slash surge timer um app Um, so it was really good it would sort of talk you through Uh, your breathing and visualizations and and things like that. So I had my headphones in and I was doing that. And then when you had a surge, it would um, you'd press stop and it would then count with you through the, through the contraction. So it was, it was really good. But while it was doing that, it would, you know, obviously time the contraction and, and uh, create a bit of a timeline. And and after about 10 minutes, this app said um, you are in established labor. (laughs) And I was like, Oh no, I'm not. This is this is like you know, this is the beginning. It's not. Um, I can't be an established labour. I just remember um, the sensation of. I felt like I had like a a vice round my hips and my pelvis, sort of pressing in. That's what it was. What it felt like, and I thought, yeah, this is really quite sore. But I don't. I think a bath would really help. So I jumped in the bath, and after about twenty minutes of being in the bath, it was yeah, really cranking up so I thought oh I'm gonna I'm gonna get my husband up now and and I think I want to go to the hospital even though it's it's really early so my my husband called my friend who was on call and she said oh no come on Tess like you know this is the beginning try and stay at home for as long as you can and I was like I know but I just really want to come in I'm I'm really not feeling safe here you know I know I'm not going to be in established labour in any way, but I just feel so much better being in the hospital. So like please can I come up? And it was like one o'clock in the morning by this point. And um so we went up there and it only took well I say it only took 45 minutes. It was the longest 45 minutes ever <laughs> because I was having these really quite quite painful um uh, tightenings as I thought they were tightenings um in, in the car. Um, and because it was the middle of the night, Google Maps took us sort of, rather than going around the motorway and in to London, which is what you usually do to, as the quickest way, it took us sort of straight up through all the different towns and and, and things. So because of that, it, it was like a 30 mile an hour limit the whole time. Oh, <laughs> and <no. laughs> um, I was sort of glaring at my, at my husband, you know, looking at him and at the speedometer and and sort of thinking and saying to him please can you put your foot down and he's like no it's 30 miles an hour limit and I was like I don't care (laughs) um and he did we did actually get flashed but we never got a ticket through so um and and I know but he he goes oh great there's we're gonna get a ticket now and I was like I don't care I'll pay for it yeah (laughs) um (laughs)
0: So I remember, nothing matters right <laughs> yeah
1: so i remember going over the bridge over the bridge in london approaching our hospital and um i remember on google maps it said you know three minutes to go and i thought oh hopefully between now and then i won't have one of these horrible pains and hopefully i'll, I'll get up into the hospital by the time i have another one but as we pulled up in the car park of the hospital i had another really big um pain and I thought oh crikey this is really this is really sore I can't wait to get into the hospital and get some pain relief um so I went up in the lift and my friend met us at the doors and I just burst out crying as soon as I saw her and um she was like oh come on it's okay and I was she took me into a room and I was pacing around the room and um she She was like, What do you want? What do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. I don't know what I want. And she said, Would you like me to examine you? I think it's too early, but let's 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 just see what's going on. Um, so she she did that and she took ages. And I thought, oh no, she's just gonna tell me I'm exactly the same as I was, you know, when I saw her this morning, and that nothing's happening. And I just kept on thinking, it's okay cause I'll get some pain relief. I'll get, I'll get an epidural. <laughs> and mm. then, um, she looked quite, it, the look on her face was quite serious. And then she stopped and looked at me and she said, you're nine centimeters. <laughs> wow. And I, and I went, what? I'm what? And I won't repeat what I said because it's, um, there's a few expletives in there. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I said, well, you, okay, well, can you can you ring the anesthetist can I get an epidural now and she she looked at me and she was like Tess come on you know we haven't got time for that (laughs) and I was like no please please and she and then she did the typical thing which I've done many times as a midwife and it's not a bad thing she said just she said let's get you to the birth center where you wanted to where you want to be let's get you in the pool and let's just see how you feel in half an hour and I was like, okay, okay, that sounds like a good plan. Even though I knew <laughs> we weren't going to see how I was in half an hour because she was thinking I would probably have had my baby by then. <laughs> um, so yeah, went went over into the pool. And I just remember I was I was itching to get into the pool. It wasn't even filled up. You know, pool takes ages to fill up. It, was, it wasn't even a quarter full. <clears throat> I just jumped in. <laughs> I just couldn't wait any longer. <laughs> And it felt amazing, like it the pain I wouldn't well, the pain obviously wasn't taken away, but it was um I just went into a I just went to a different planet. <laughs> it was um it was so relaxing and so nice. And um I had some gas in air and every time I had a surge, it I just would take myself off to this place um in my mind, and I just felt so in control and, and safe and happy. I was actually sort of quite happy where I, where I was and, and what was happening. you know each surge was was hard and it was um, painful, but it was it was brief and you know I just had to get through it and then I would have a few minutes of feeling completely normal and warm and fuzzy and loved and it was just it was just so it was just such a nice atmosphere in, in, in the room. And I had um, some nice music playing and, and, you know, the lights were dimmed and, um and then a few, uh, quite a while, <clears throat> quite, quite a long time went, went by. And I was sort of having these urges to, to push, but nothing was really happening. So my friend got, got me out and she said, Oh, you know, try and try and empty your bladder and, and then we'll, we'll see how things are and, so I did that. And she examined me again, and she said, "Well, you know what? You are fully dilated." This must have been about two, two and a half hours later after I initially came in, and she said, "You are fully dilated now, but let's stay out of let's stay out of the pool, and let's get you walking around the room." And I was like, "No, I want to get back in the pool." <laughs> and and she said, "No, we're gonna get we're gonna keep you out, and we're gonna just just see how things go on dry land." And I remember feeling really irked I was like why can't I get back in the pool and I could tell she was she was not telling me something um and I started you know I started talking to her in sort of midwife language my husband said it was really funny because I was saying the heart rate's fine what's the problem why can't I get back in the pool and um she was like just trust me just trust me anyways I stayed on dry land for for a bit and um I had to do some sort of direct she had to direct me in 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 pushing and it all took quite a long time but um I yeah I eventually um sort of laid down on my on my side on on the floor and um my yeah my son my son came out and we didn't know where we didn't know that he was um a boy we would kind of keep it a surprise um and my the plan was for my husband to to look and then then say what what he was but the way he was born my my friend sort of delivered his head and and his body and then I I then took the rest of him out out of me and brought him up to my chest and because of the way I did that I I obviously looked down and saw (laughs) he was a boy um so yeah I I remember thinking oh my goodness it's a it's a boy and he was he was crying and I I actually didn't cry. My my husband was in 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 tears. I'd never seen him cry before, actually. So that was that was really nice. Um, and yeah, I just remember thinking. My first thought when at that moment was, um, I I'm just so happy that's over with <laughs> because that was really really hard. It was really hard. Um, I remember I remember actually thinking. I'm never gonna do that ever again. Um but now that I think back, I think to myself, Oh, was it was it actually that bad? <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing, isn't it, how your body forgets well it doesn't always forget yeah. the pain. I I don't forget I, I don't forget that it was painful, but I can't remember what the pain feels like. It's very strange. Right. Um but um yeah, that that was that was what yeah. what happened in a That's
0: yeah great. did uh did you know then why your, your midwife took you out of the water did oh yes yeah.
1: so um he he basically was back to back um so when uh-huh. when she examined me um we, we call it op as, as midwife. so she so afterwards I was like why why couldn't you why couldn't I get back in the pool she was like oh because he was op and she said but I didn't I didn't want to tell you that because I didn't want to I didn't want you to freak out basically because you know uh, a baby being in an op position isn't isn't a, an issue per se you know plenty of babies are born or are in that position but it does sometimes make the process a bit longer um and if the baby stays in that position especially if it's your first baby it can sometimes mean that you might need to have a bit of help um in, in with the pushing stage and 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 potentially have a sort of a, an instrumental um birth and she just didn't want me to start going down that path of thinking about that while while I was in labor and worrying about that so um yeah, um, so that's why she didn't tell me.
0: <laughs> that's great. So, how was the immediate postpartum then in the birth center?
1: Yeah, it was. It was lovely. Um, it was all all quite straightforward. I, um, I I did need to have some some stitches, so yeah, I had had all that that done. I did have to go to theatre for that actually, but that was that was fine because um, I did get a. a final anesthesia f- for that so actually I didn't I wasn't in any pain or, or discomfort Cause, you know last thing after you pushed a baby out and the placenta and everything you, you last thing you want is is more more stuff going on down there so yeah. to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to not to not feel any of that was was lovely so yeah even though you know people often say oh no I had to go to theatre but I was actually quite pleased to go because it just meant I could just lie there and not be in any not have to do anything not be in any pain but it did unfortunately mean I didn't get to see my baby for a couple of hours but on the plus side it did um my my husband got to spend some some time with him you know skin to skin and 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 little, little bonding time so um that was that was really nice and yeah just it was really nice to be in my place of work people would come by and 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 see us and we got to stay for for a couple of days and got really well looked after so I was I was very very lucky it couldn't have gone I couldn't have asked for a better better experience um when we when and if we have another one (laughs) I think because of how things happened that time it's likely going to happen very very quickly next time so um I I'm worried about yeah, I would so love to have that experience again but I don't know whether I'll be able to get up there in, in time especially if it will happen during the day but um I will have to cross that bridge when we come to it but um but no it was it was really nice and and I think as um as a mental health midwife I do speak to women all the time about what's normal as in how how you would expect to feel you know in those early early days and I think there's such a social expectation that when you give birth to your baby and it's in your arms you're expected to have this big rush of love um Mm. but we know that that doesn't always happen and actually more often than not it takes a while to learn to love your baby. so, and I definitely experienced that. Like I, I love him more than anything now, but when he first came out and in those first few hours or, or days, it, it sort of, I cared for him and I wanted to protect him, but I didn't have that really deep rush of of, of love. Um, and it does, ha- it does happen for some people, as in people do feel that um, rush of love, but like I say, more often than not, people don't and it and it, it takes a while so um i always try and make that really clear um with with um with mums because i think when they don't get that rush of love and if they don't know that that's normal they worry that there's a problem <laughs> with them yeah. or or, or the or a problem with their um baby and they feel like oh, maybe this isn't normal i should i should love my baby but um i didn't feel worried about about that because i i know that it's 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 a normal thing for it to take a while but um yeah no the, uh, the, uh, like, sorry sorry
0: i feel like we talk about that a lot i've had a lot of mums tell me that in their birth in their birth story and myself included also also thinking like i'm supposed to be infatuated by this baby and i'm not mm-hmm. and what's going on here yeah so it's yeah. Really nice to to hear you know, and to talk about it and to <clears throat> to let mums know, you know, yeah. all of these things that come with giving birth are not always straightforward. I don't think yeah. they're actually ever
1: straightforward, are they? No, no. And if um you know there's that there's there's knowing that um you know is, is a good thing. Um, for, you know, knowing that you're not going to be infatuated with this baby. But say someone, say if someone didn't know that and then had those normal feelings of not um, feeling an intense love, but then also compounded by a traumatic birth or something else, you know, that can really get someone off to quite a bad start when actually yeah. it could be avoided if, if they just know that that is is a normal reaction um not not yeah. to not to feel not to feel that rush of love so yeah i'm very pro um raising awareness of of that fact um so because i think we've just lived in decades and decades decades of of this sort of expectation uh, i don't know where it comes from it might be the media or um, i mean i know for myself you know my my mum always told me when me and my brother and my sister were born that you know she looked at each of us when we were born and she felt this massive rush of love she sort of describes it as this love pouring out from her which is such so nice to hear but Mm. if everyone's being told that you know I know as because I'm a midwife it doesn't happen like that but any for anyone else they they will have this expectation that they're going to feel the same but
0: um yeah absolutely and a a lot of things that come up postpartum that we don't necessarily dare talking about or these Mm -hmm. thoughts or these um you know that might be built on postpartum anxiety or depression or yeah or anything that's not straightforward that is not being sort of validated we can't really talk about it I guess because because of this stigma maybe or or, I don't know where it comes from either you know that we're supposed to just be this perfect mom now you know back in shape and ready to go and (laughs) all the things yeah so it all goes hand in hand I think
1: I think um I think social media doesn't um doesn't help with with that I mean social media is, is good for lots of things but sometimes it can compound um people feeling perhaps inadequate or, or feeling that they're not doing it right because being a mum is so hard and those early weeks are are brutal um mm. but it yeah I think uh I think you know in the, historically people used to sort of read magazines and see these pictures of um, you know happy mums with the their makeup on and their tiny babies and they've you know snapped back into their their shape and all all of this sort of stuff we used to get it all from magazines and the media but now i think it's more in our face sort of when we scroll in our scroll on our phones which you know is no it doesn't do anyone um doesn't do anyone any good but um but saying that there's there's there is a lot out there trying to counteract that too so i'm not i'm not bashing social media as a whole (laughs) but uh, um
0: your own instagram account for for start i think it's very nice i will i will link to that on the show notes page
1: also of course oh thank you thank you
0: yeah Yeah. all right is there anything else from postpartum that you'd like to share or anything that we've forgotten about
1: um well he did um so he got jaundice when he was about five days old um and we did have to spend some time in hospital um for that uh which was that was really difficult um and I actually, as a midwife, I felt a little bit like I'd failed because I obviously know the symptoms of jaundice, but I know you know when it's a when it's an issue and when it's not an issue because jaundice is very very common um but essentially he was um he was very well he was um alert and feeding quite well and having wet and dirty nappies um but he was very yellow um but because everything else was sort of normal i was thinking well you know there's nothing that needs to be done here it's okay um but it wasn't until the community midwife came round and she said i I know where you're coming from but i'm just going to run this past the paediatrician at the hospital and this is a local hospital, not not my not where I work, and um, so the paediatrician said, "Well, you know, that, you know, mum's a midwife, so I'm sure it's fine, but that, let's just bring him in to have a blood test just to double check." And yeah, I went in, just thinking would be in and out, and I didn't even. I only took his changing bag with me. I didn't have anything else, and um, we ended up having to be admitted because his levels were so high; they were above the the treatment line so i felt really really quite guilty that i'd been reckless is the right word but i i just think um yeah I, I then was very worried i was like what if something else happens now that i'm going that i'm that i miss <laughs> but anyway I've, I've spoken to lots of other people and they said no you know it's um an honest mistake to make and actually you know you were right he was well otherwise but um it's uh it's just one of those things and I just yeah I I I missed it but thankfully he was he got the treatment and he was all okay and we we were in and out within sort of 24 hours so it was okay um but yeah that was that was hard and just the I think you can I think I would always encourage people to do classes in their pregnancy so they can have a basic knowledge of what what to expect you know not just for labor and birth but for those early weeks especially but no matter how many classes you do no how many how many books you read I don't think anyone can truly prepare you <laughs> for what those early weeks are like um the I mean everyone knows that you don't Have proper sleep, but you really, really don't have proper sleep. Um, And you're, uh, and I I try my best not to. It's it's so hard, isn't it? Because I don't want to put the fear of God in people, but I also don't want to sugarcoat anything either. Because I want I want them to feel sort of prepared. Not I found that you know the first couple of days I was like, oh, you know, here it is, the sleepless nights, you know, and it was also it was almost like a novelty like oh you know my baby's been up you know every hour having a feed and all this kind of stuff and then by by day five I was like oh my god yeah <laughs> this is this is awful I just want to sleep please let me sleep it's like torture um yeah. but once you get you know everything's a phase isn't it there's always something you're you're battling um as a as a mom your your life just Changes so much, but not not for the worst it is just it just adapts to something completely new and it's it is amazing, and I wouldn't change it for the world but um yeah those i I just try and let people know that anything goes in those early weeks and just don't try don't try and pin your hopes onto certain things because you just got to get through it,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I know with my second I I tried to plan planning having meetings with um you know business meetings and stuff like yeah. that I was like no no should not do that that's yeah. not a great idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep all the things you know just go with the flow I guess is a good it's a good idea
1: <laughs> and I think lots of us um we all feel quite self-sufficient don't we And like to be in control I just as humans that's something that we 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 like and I don't know if something that we've evolved over time into being these um, humans that like to be in control of, of, of things to the nth degree, but um, you do just have to rel- rel- relinquish that um, in, in, for, uh, in early, early mother, well, not even just early motherhood, motherhood in general, but um, I would say, you know, especially those that have had children know what it's like so though if those people are offering help to you i.e. cooking you food or bringing you round supplies or offering to help with the cleaning or the laundry or anything like that just take it <laughs> because yeah. it, it it makes such a difference and i know it's probably yeah. not in it's not in our nature really to to do that and to relinquish control and let other people care care for us um but um i really try and um get that message across to people to to, to do that <laughs> because it, it really makes a world of difference when you've got you know a, a home-cooked meal and a and a um you know it, the la- the laundry and the cleanliness of the house doesn't matter but if it makes you feel better make just let someone else do it um
0: I would always say that to to people who are like oh this new baby what should I do what should I buy I'm like don't buy another jumpsuit just go make them dinner (laughs) yeah yeah definitely (laughs) order them something that can help them out or go do their laundry you know
1: yeah yeah
0: so much better
1: (laughs) yeah definitely
0: yeah all right Tessa do you have any more any more resources than the ones you've mentioned already I've been making some notes here but is there anything else you'd like to share
1: I guess I haven't really spoken about my my job a lot but um I I would I suppose um I don't know how we're doing for time yeah I I'll I'll um I'll probably just finish off by saying um you know maternal mental health is such a big I don't know if passion is the right word, but I feel very passionate about it. Um, And not just, I think probably me having a baby has, has emphasized it more so just because I feel like I've gone through, gone through the motions of it and also have, I feel like I do have another layer of understanding and and empathy um, about how having a baby can, can impact your, your mental health. And I guess I just find it really important to raise awareness that it is normal to have a shift in your mood and how you feel and that health, uh, help is out there. It's just a case of asking for it. And sometimes asking for it is the hardest bit. Um, but once you do, um, you, you, you know, you will get there and it's, it's normal. Um, you know, any big life event will always come with, stress or anxiety or a shift in how we feel so this is this is no different and if if you were to have a physical ailment in your pregnancy you wouldn't think twice to to ask help for it so why why should it be any different um you know for an emotional um need as well you know it's just important and you know a healthy mind helps towards a healthy body anyway so um it's really really it's 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 super important and there's so there's so much support out there um and i think a lot of people um i think there's been a lot of work over the years to raise awareness around maternal mental health but i think a lot of people when they think about it often think about postnatal period and postnatal depression which of course is very common um but there are lots and lots of women who suffer in the pregnancy as well so um if you are currently pregnant and, um, feeling very anxious or, or low, um, do speak to your midwife because there is help out there, um, uh, to, to get you through. And if, if it's something that you're, you're suffering with in pregnancy, you know, there is a chance that it, it may then developing the postnatal stage anyway so getting the help sooner rather than later will put you in the best place possible to begin that um that postnatal journey as well yeah, so i, guess, I guess that's, that's, that's really, what i wanted that's to really say good
0: advice yeah it's really good advice i think when you're going through something like anxiety or, or depression you need to hear that advice over yeah. and over and over again and then yeah. and then finally hopefully be to be able to reach out I think so, yeah oh that's great so thank you very much Tessa for coming on and sharing your beautiful story with us
1: well oh, thanks for having me it's so, it's so nice to to talk about it because obviously living in a global pandemic you know you haven't that you usually have those conversations don't you a lot after you've had a baby and people come to see you talk about your birth story but I haven't really had that because we've all been in lockdown so it's been nice it's thank you for letting me have the opportunity to to talk about it
0: yeah of course thank you thanks again Tessa for coming on and sharing your beautiful birth story with us today if you are listening in and you would like to reach out to Tessa, then go ahead and send me an email at the 9 months podcast at gmail.com and I'll forward her everything from there. Also, you can go ahead and follow her on Instagram She's at mental health underscore midwife, mental health, one word, underscore midwife. And she's sharing a lot of little tips and tricks and stories there as well. And it's a really nice page to follow and a really positive page to follow on Instagram as well. Thank you guys so much for For being here, for listening in and for commenting and for asking for more and more stories. It is a really nice project that I get to make on my free time. Have a wonderful week ahead and see you next week.